welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Thank you for having me. And uh, especially I bring greeting from Kalivasi Village, a village where we are building a children's centers. And uh, I will uh, later on give you a brief update about what's happening. But this year has been a great year for us because in the last 12 months, we planted 135 churches. Praise God. And we add two or three more radio stations, FM stations. So we are now running about 44 FM stations. And just two months ago, I came back from... Uh, Sabu Island. Sabu Island is part of West Timor. And uh, in that island, there are about 96,000 people. Our radio is the first and the only radio in that island. So the mayor of the island invited us to have a listeners meeting. 7,000 came, and about 1,200 people gave their life to the Lord. And they invite me again to go back to Savu Island. God blessed us with uh, 12 orphans' home, like orphanage. And then uh, we also supporting uh, children that are still living with their uncle or their grandmother. And I want to bring this especially to Kalivasi Village. The, hopefully we have the picture of the update building that we already have. We already have four buildings on our properties. The first building is the, the first house that we built for the learning centers. But now we have another building, which is bigger a little bit. We have radio station, FM station. And also, see that the house, this is already eight, 80 years old, teak wood house. And then we also have a house for Pastor Johannes. So we have four houses on the property. And we are still praying for two lands next to us so that we can build more uh, micro-business and also more like uh, for the community centers to bless our community in that place. The impact is amazing. I got a news from Pastor Johannes. What happened to the children after they're coming to the children's centers and we're supporting your church, this, this church, these people, from this church supporting this program. And listen to this, what's happening to the kids. Satriya Ridwan, kindergarten, six years old. No more shy. He braved to go to the home, the children's center by himself now. And no more dirty words. <laughs> Diana Bila, first grade, seven years old. No more shy and brave to go to the home alone. Smart in reading right now. Rama, first grade, six years old, living with grandma, used to be very shy, speak better lately. She's very, very nice. Anugrah Raya, second grade, seven years old, no more afraid to camera. <laughs> Listen to this. He left the children's centers program because he's, he was afraid to camera. Somebody came to the children's center taking pictures, and then he braved to come to the home again, and no more afraid of camera. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha Beliana, 
fifth grade, 11 years old. She used to fight with other children, but now she's behaved. Her English is improving. Aditya Kurniawan, 11 years, uh, 11 grade, 18 years old. Uh, father died and the mother is sick, but he is smart and had the best achievement in school. Lately, he went to a, a, like a Wushu province championship. God is doing something. And what we are doing in Kalivasi village has been heard by other villages. So people coming to spy what's happening. <laughs> so we, we are very glad. And on behalf of the children in Kalivasi, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. We are praying for next week. When the kids go coming, we were praying for hundreds and hundreds, and I called my brother last night, please uh, secure our team, <laughs> because uh, we want to bless many children in that village. And my brother said, no problem, keep coming. <laughs> so we, we believe that we will be a blessing for many children. Praise God. I've been doing this kind of ministry for more than like 15 years. And I learned something. I've been doing like um, speaking in conference and doing evangelism, running Bible school, but the most fulfilling ministry for me personally is seeing these children worship Jesus and have a better future. I learned something. I learned about compassion. That's what I want to share with you. Compassion is very important in our life. Amen. Mercy to the needy is a loan to God. And God pays back those loans in full. Proverbs 19, 17. Proverbs 14, 21. It's a, it's a criminal to ignore a neighbor's in need, but compassion for the poor was a blessing. If you haven't any charity in your heart, you have the worst kind of heart trouble. A religious man is a person who holds God and man in one thought at one time, at all times, who suffer harm done to others, whose greatest passion is compassion. I want to share with you about compassion because after 15 years working with this kind of ministry, I learned compassion. And compassion is very simple. Compassion means that you are willing to be disturbed. Amen. It's happened to me a few months ago. I got a text message from my friend, Pastor Paulus, will you come on Saturday night and share with 50 Muslims? I said, no, Saturday night is my family day. And the text come back, please, this is your opportunity to share the good news with the Muslim. I said, no. <laughs> it's a family day. The third SMS came. Please, Pastor Paulos, they, they have been listening to your radio. Remember, two years ago, you gave fixed tune radio to this Muslim, and they want to see you face by face. I said, no. <laughs> and then he called me. <laughs> he called me, please, Pastor Paulos, this, all of them are Muslim. Please come. This is great opportunity. And they said, let me pray. Seriously, I pray, Lord, 
speak to my wife. <laughs> I'm honest, I'm honest. Lord, speak to my wife. <laughs> so I, I talked to my wife, I showed the text message, and by the grace of God, God answered my prayer. <laughs> she said, we, we can have an early dinner tomorrow, and you can go. So I went, and I was surprised about 50 Muslims waiting. And when I went into the room, I was intimidated because I saw two men dressed up like Osama bin Laden. <laughs> and then my friends talked me, talk to me, please don't talk about Jesus. Just share motivational speech. I said, no problem. So I talked about 15 minutes how to deal with worry. And after 15 minutes, I say, if you want to get rid of all your worry and fear, I want to pray for you. Everybody raised their hand. While I was praying, one by one, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Paulus gave them a chance to receive Jesus. I said, no. Osama bin Laden was there. <laughs> so I couldn't concentrate praying my mind between yes and no. Finally, I gave up, Lord, yes, but give me a wisdom. So God spoke to me, and I said, I already have all of you praying, and you need to help me. Everybody say, yes, sir, how I can help you. Just listen to what I'm saying. My Lord Jesus asked me to tell you, he loves you. He died on the cross for you and me, and he, if you want to get rid of all the fear in your life, just be friend with him. Easy, I don't want to change your religions. Just be friend with him. Anybody want to be friend with Jesus? 26 of them raised their hand. Church, I, I was driving home crying. And I said, Lord, I was glad that I'm saying, yes, I'm available to be disturbed. Compassion will disturb your schedule. I was glad that Jesus stopped when Bartimaeus cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. All the disciples said, shut up. <laughs> but Jesus stopped and called him over. Compassion will cause you, your, your time, spirit, willing to be disturbed. Amen. Compassion, I learned something. Compassion is, is not only cause, uh, like, disturb your schedule. Compassion will disturb your wallet. You know, the, Samar the, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, is a good example. No. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he was moved by, uh, with compassion. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wound. Then he lifted him up into his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. I, I like verse 34. Uh, 35. In the morning, he looked out two silver coin and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. Compassion costs money. Amen. I had another story about this because in my ministry, sometimes when I visited, villages or orphanages, it's always, always uh, giving. It's always giving. It's, it's impossible that you love somebody and no, not giving. I mean, it's always involved giving. 
So what happened on Wednesday morning? I heard a girl crying in front of my office. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning. I was just busy answering e- email, and then I, I got disturbed by this cry. And finally, I went down to the street and saw the girl, Yanti, 22 years old, bleeding and crying in front of my office. And all the neighbors came out and just watching what happening. So I asked Yanti, why, why are you crying? Why are you crying in front of my office? And she said, my boyfriend beat me up and then he forced me to become a prostitute. I heard your radio has a counseling center. I came here because I need help. So I dragged her to the counseling centers and she was just weeping and just crying. And she asked me a very difficult question. Pastor Paulus, if God is merciful, why my life is like this? It disturbed me. And I asked, you need to get out. Leave your boyfriend. And she said, I don't have money. I don't have money to leave. And I said, finally, I give you money. Find a homestay and get away from your boyfriend. Compassion costs money. By the grace of God now, because of that, we are running Women Refuge to help the girls, the, traf- the victim of trafficking in, in Bali. Praise the Lord. Compassion also disturbed your emotion. When Jesus saw Jerusalem, the city, he was, he was wept. He wept. He wept. And every time he goes to the villages, to the city, Jesus always moved by compassion and do something. Compassion and your hand will work together very well. And one of them is uh, compassion always drag your emotion. That's what happened to me every time I go to the, the refugee camp in West Timor. West Timor, it's 47,000 ex-refugees still living in the border. I'm sorry, live like animal. Very poor. And every time I go to that place and children holding my hand, and saying, Pastor Paulos, I want to go to school. Take me to home. Take me to the mercy home. It's always difficult for me to leave that place. Because when seeing those children holding your hand and say, take me to the home. I want to go to school. Make me in tears. Church, compassion is very important for us. The only problem with all of the, maybe the Christian who already understand, who already listen the message or reading the book about compassion, we are, many of them, many of us, we don't want to be disturbed because we already have a sign, please do not disturb me, I am already disturbed. <laughs> Especially if you already have your comfort zone. Why I should be Available to be disturbed by other people. I, I have my own comfort zone. You know, sometimes we just don't want to step out and do something. Somebody say like this, if you want to be happy, practice compassion. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. I learned from Pastor Carlo from Manila. His church growing tremendously. 
in the last three years because he practiced this. He has a good strategy because two years ago, he made a T-shirt, and everybody in the church should have that T-shirt and wear that T-shirt once a week. The sign of the T-shirt is, please disturb me. And he asked every church member to have that T-shirt and go to the park or shopping mall and be available to help other people. What happened after one year? 2,000 newcomers to the church. This church, everybody in this church have a saying like this, Lord, I want to be available to help my neighbors to help my friends, to help the needy, to help the lost. What happened? We will win many souls for the kingdom. Remember at the hour of our death, when we come face to face with God, we will be judged on love, on how much love we have put into our action, not how much we have done. The greatest disease is not TB or leprosy, but the feeling of being uncared for, unwanted, deserted by everyone. The greatest disease is the lack of love. And if we practice compassion, the love of God to the people that we meet, the impact will be amazing. Be the living expression of kindness, my friend. Kindness in your face, kindness in eyes, your kind greeting. Let no one go away from you without being a better. I like this. And I learned, after I practiced compassion, I realized that Isaiah 58 become reality for me. Isaiah 58 is a, is a message that become revelation and all the promise that God gave to us if we practice compassion become reality. Isaiah 58 says like, what I'm interested in seeing you do this, sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this. The lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You will call out for help, and I'll say, here I am. And still many others promises from the Lord. And why I want to share it? Because this happened to me. This happened to me. You know, when you practice compassion, this is the blessing from the Lord. Your light will be on, and your life will turn around at once. It's talk about revelation. When you practice compassion in your life, you will receive revelation upon revelation in your life. And the future you hold is dependent on the revelation you carry. Amen. So, I pray every day God gave me revelation because revelation is the thing that changed your life. Five years ago, I got very special revelation. El Shaddai. I've been singing about God is more than enough. El Shaddai, El Shaddai. But I didn't have a clue. What is El Shaddai? Until I read the book called The Name of God. The first chapter was El Shaddai. God is more than enough. The illustration about that is about the woman breastfeeding, overflowing. 
The milk is overflowing. More than enough. At that time, I have no money. My uh, account manager is saying, Pastor Paulus, we have no more, no more money to rent the building. We have been renting for 10 years. But I have revelation. I said, I don't want to rent. I want to buy. My accounting man, he said, we have no money, even one cent. No problem, I pray. God gave me revelation. So I pray. God gave me revelation. And personally, God said, Paulus, I have more than enough. If you don't ask me, you despise my power. I said, yes, Lord. I opened my internet, go to house123.com, and I saw property in Bali, and uh, five houses on it, and I said, Lord, I believe you can do that because you are more than enough. I called Ray White. <laughs> I say, I want to see the house. Can we come and we go at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning? So I went there. I met the agent, and I asked, how much is the cost? $500,000. Can you give me a good deal? Okay, for you, four hundred seventy-five. I said, praise the Lord. No money. <laughs> but I have revelation. So finally, I share with my staff, you know, I got revelation. Don't worry about money. I have revelation. So we pray, we pray, we pray. We give a faith promise. We had 12,000. And uh, I asked my wife to talk to the owner and just get a better, better price. And finally, after two weeks, the owner called my wife and said, for your ministry, we give you 250,000. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We use every Friday afternoon holding hands, pray, praying and fasting, praying for miracle. And finally, someone from Perth, Pastor David Storr, called me. Pastor Paulus, I want to stay for one night in Bali before I continue my ministry to another island. Can you pick me up from the airport? I say, yes, sir. I pick him up, take him to the hotel. On the way, he asked me this question. What is your biggest challenge, Pastor Paulus? <laughs> my challenge is, I have to pay 250,000 US dollars. I only have 12,000. <laughs> and then he asked me, can I see the building? Yes, sir. I drove him to see the building. After 50 minutes, we drove to the hotel, and he said, if you need down payment, our church will give you 45,000. And then our satellite church give you 45,000. In one month, we pay 100,000. God is more than enough. That's only one revelation. You can get revelation day by day because there's new every morning, new every morning, new every morning. You need revelation. Amen. The second blessing, if you practice compassion, I like this. I like, this is true. The glory, the glory of God will secure your passage. In other translation says, my presence will be with you from every direction. This is what I call anointing. Anointings mean you walk with the presence of God. And when you walk with the presence of God, um, I believe this is true. Somebody said, anointing attracts abundance. 
when you walk with the presence of God everywhere you go, you under protection of the Lord. Being blessed means you have a lot of access. And when you walk with God, it's easy for you to do whatever you want in the will of God. Amen. If you need anointing, especially if you live in Indonesia, you realize that anointing, the presence of God is very important. Especially if you come to Bali. Bali is the island of gods, many gods. Witchcraft is very common. Sorcery is still happening. I had several times, like last year, three attacks. But because I believe when you practice compassion, when you practice like a mercy, you help people who are in need, they cry out to the Lord, and God's always, God's heart is always to the needy. And if you practice God's heart for those, you become the extended hand of God, helping those people. God will always be with you. This is what's happening. So I'm, I say to my wife, don't be afraid. God is with us. The presence of God is with us. We will always in victory. Amen. I like another blessing. When you pray, I will answer instantly. That's what he said. You call out for help, and I'll say, here I am. I, I shared already before, but I want to share it again. When four doctors in Bali said, this is sinus problem, and you need to go for operation, my wife and I, we felt that that was a, a problem for us because my left eyes was blinded nine years ago, and my left face bit numb. I couldn't feel it, and uh, most of the doctors gave me steroid and never told me that steroid will increase your blood sugar. So I consumed that for several months, and all of a sudden, in July first week, I couldn't stand properly. I was very weak, shaking, and I was hospitalized, and my blood sugar was 650. It's very high. And after four days in hospital, all the doctors gave up. We didn't know what happened. So our board members said, go to Singapore. I went to Glen Eagle Hospital in Singapore, and then the following day, the doctors had a biopsy, and then I had to meet him, and he said to me, bad news. It's not sinus problem, it's a sinus cancer. You had to go 15 times chemo and 35 times radiation. You know when I heard cancer? Die. I will die. The first night I couldn't sleep properly because my wife was crying, crying and crying. And the, the whole night the dog barking in my tribe, if you heard the dog barking all night, means somebody will die. I was thinking I will die. The follow, I, I had two fears. Fears number one, I'm not ready to die. Fear number two, I don't have money to pay. <laughs> so I went to Dr. Carmen Wong, the oncology, the following day. I have to sign and I have to pay down payment, 30%. Each chemo costs $3,000. Each radiation costs almost like $2,500. And when Dr. Kamen Wong asked me, you need to sign, sir, and then uh, we will start the treatment. And you need to pay down payment. I signed, but I don't have down payment. So 
She asked me, how you will pay all of this uh, treatment costs? I, I literally said, I will pay by my faith. God will supply all my need. And she said, in this hospital, nobody pay by faith. <laughs> Serious. And she asked me, what is your job? I'm a pastor. What is your ministry? I explain everything about what I'm doing. And then after maybe 10 minutes, I tell the story about what I'm doing. She said, wait a minute. Wait, me, wait for me for 10 minutes. I will be back. She left the building. Me and my wife, we pray instantly. Lord, help me. I text message all my staff, all the orphans leaders saying, please pray for me. Now, in 10 minutes, we pray for miracle. After 10 minutes, Dr. Kamen Wong came back. I'm still praying. And she shake my hand and said, Pastor, you are free. No charge. Instant prayer. Instant answer from the Lord. When you pray, I will answer. That's the promise of the Lord in Isaiah 58. When you practice compassion. So I start to understand why God so passionate. Because, you know, when your neighbor is starving or struggling and pray to the Lord, for example, your neighbor is starving and there's no food at home and they pray, they pray, God will not send angel to bring cheeseburger <laughs> for your neighbors. God will move somebody's heart to meet the need of those who are in need. And if we say, Lord, use me to meet the need of my neighbors, God's heart always be with you. Compassion. Practice compassion. I like the last one. There are many, but I like this one. I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places. From muscle, strong bone. You will be like a well-watered garden, a gargling spring that never runs dry. I like this one. Full life. From this come fulfillment. A sense of fulfillment. I believe, like I said before, I'm, I'm doing a meeting or conference, speaking, television, radio, but the most fulfilling ministry, seeing those kids, seeing people happy, seeing the kids worship Jesus, seeing the needy, seeing the Calibasi children have a better self-image. This is what happened. My, my uh, pastors in Calibasi village said, after the children meet with the white people, their self-image is better, better, getting better. And they, when they can speak English, their self-image is getting better and getting better. You know, Kalivasi village is the communist village. It's like nothing could come out from Kalivasi village. But now, everybody are watching what's happening in Kalivasi village. Praise the Lord. So when I heard that, a sense of fulfillment coming to my heart. Praise the Lord. You know, in the last three years, I met at least three people who came to my office. All of them are wealthy people. All of them wealthy people. All of them are very influential. They have a name. They are popular. One of them owns 17 shopping centers in Indonesia. They, he came to me personally 
and he just shared his heart, saying, I just have a failed surgery in China. I almost died. I chartered a plane from China to Singapore, and my doctor said my life is short. So, Pastor Valos, I have everything in my life, but I felt empty. I want to do something that make me or give me a sense of fulfillment. I want to be significant. And I show him this first. You want to be significant? Do this. <laughs> like Isaiah 58. Do this. Share what you have with others. At the end of our life, my brother and sister, it's not how much we have. The question in heaven is how much you give with what you have. So share. So the, the second one is an uh, Australian man. He had been a CEO of Gloria Jean for two years, asking the same questions. You know, a lot of people, they, they had what they wanted. They had a lot of uh, achievement, but then at the end of the days, holding all the achievement, asking questions, what I will do with all of this? My life is short. I want to do something that has eternal impact. It's called compassion. Do something that has eternal impact in our life. A sense of fulfillment. I have to tell this because I observe people who have a sense of fulfillment, they know their calling in their life, they are, tend to be happy people. And somebody said, if you are 40 years old and you don't know your calling and you never practice compassion, you need to start now to be happy. Church, the world is the last place to practice happiness because when you go to heaven, everybody's happy. If you're not happy on earth, I'm worried and you go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't want you to get bored with your own face, because everybody happy and rejoicing, and you just... <laughs> and then you, you ask Angel question, is there any other alternatives? <laughs> yes, call hell. <laughs> you don't want to go there, right? So be happy! And doing something for others make you happy, because happiness comes when we can make other people happy. Significant come when you make other people significant. Compassion is a good way of doing that. And uh, I can tell you hours and hours, the feeling when you see those children. Three days ago, one of our orphans graduating from university. I got invitation in my wife to attend the graduation. You know, again, when I saw Rufinus graduating from uni with IT, and he's now working for Mercy Indonesia, and he shared his salary with his brother and helped the family, when I heard that, the joy of the Lord, a sense of fulfillment, amazing. And next year, nine of them will graduate. See, I'm waiting for all the kids in Kaliwasi become somebody that can transform the whole village and helping other people, the poor people in that village. A sense of fulfillment. Do this, and you will have a full life. If, if you ever read the halftime books, why that book is so popular? Because people realizing if you have spare time in your life and 
you don't know what to do. Finally, people are looking something, doing something that will have eternal impact. And what they're doing is doing like a compassion works. Why Bill Gates gave 30% of the income for people in Africa, helping the children go to school, building hospital, because of this. Everybody wants to be significant. And the best way to do significant is doing the compassion it works. So I invite you to come to Indonesia, do something. Everybody, do mission trip and help people or do something around your community. It will help you. It will help you. It will heal you. Compassion always heal. Put side. People that we have and people who help. Let's do this, brothers and sisters. Compassion. Compassion. Be willing to be disturbed. So if for many years you already have a sign in your heart, please don't disturb me. Change that. Change that. I'm not sure, but in my observation in Australia, because you are very, you have a comfort, living in a very safe, comfort country. Sometimes we build a wall and say, don't disturb me. But if we go out, literally, there are many souls, many people who maybe out uh, from the appearance look like, okay, but inside, they need your encouragement. They need your prayer. They need your help. They need compassion. Do this, and God will bless you. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.